All right, so in this session, right, this is um, probably one of my favorite sessions right here uh, because meeting the needs of your spouse and or even learning the needs of your intended um, will really help you guys uh, what we call a fair proof your relationship and also to fill in the love bank. One thing I want you to re understand in this section here, we will discuss how to a fair proof your relationship. Having an affair is not just limited with someone of the opposite sex, okay? Correct. It is having an affair can be an illegal time spent with anyone or anything that that's priority supersedes that of your marriage, okay? I.e., you can have an affair with your children, okay? It, it could sounds be your, crazy. Right. It could be your job. It could be your education, your church, your pastor, your different hobbies. But having an affair is really putting a priority on anything or anyone that supersedes your spouse and or your mate. Okay, so we want to talk about that. Now, before we get into how to fill the love bank, let's really talk about the different types of affairs, because there are multiple types of affairs that you can have in a relationship. And it would be a disservice to you all if we didn't share with you all what those things are. So number one, okay, the most common type of affair is a romantic affair, okay? And in a romantic affair, basically, this is one which also, too, is referred to as an affair of the heart. These are sometimes in the form of sexual liaisons among unwedded parties. Though it is not always the case, it may also be considered some form or another of non-monogamy. Okay, so that is that romantic type of affair, someone with the opposite sex. Number two is a casual affair. Okay, now in a casual affair, so this yeah. is more so relationships that is physical mm -hmm. and often emotional, right? Relationships between two people who may engage in a sexual relations, however, they often do so without the expectation of a more formalized romantic relationship, right? Anything you want to share on that? No. All right, cool. All right, then we look at an emotional affair, okay? An emotional affair is a platonic relationship that may also be called a romantic affair as well. Term and an emotional affair it is one that lacks sexual intimacy, but has intense and enduring emotional intimacy. Now, and this is the affair in a relationship that most people try to dismiss. Or downplay. Or downplay because there was no physical intimacy that took place. But some women will say that an emotional affair oh, is worse than a... Physical, affair. absolutely, and that's because just because the heart is involved. There you go. And when you have a, a physical affair, you don't have to necessarily have your heart involved. You could just be doing it to just satisfy uh, your flesh. Exactly. Mm -hmm. No, that's a very good point. And it's the heart that really matters, right? And so this emotional affair is something very key. So here's something I want to share with you all as well: emotional affairs can easily evolve into sexual affairs mm -hmm. 
and be just as threatening to the primary relationship. Even when this type of an affair doesn't cross the line by becoming physical, the impact can be just as detrimental to a marriage since the intimacy involved in emotional affairs can often have a degree of intensity that's deeper than a sexual affair. So these are things that we want you all to understand and stay away from. And that's why we're sharing this with you all so that you can be able to identify these areas so that you can affair proof your relationship. All right. So why don't we talk about us here for a second? Yeah. So this is our session. Yeah. So just again, being transparent in our lives, right? There was never a romantic intimate um, affair Mm -hmm. in our relationship. However, there was an intimate or emotional affair in our relationship. Right. And so basically it came about as a result of me working, me being um, Mr. Nice Guy. Mr. Nice Guy, right? Even trying to help somebody out, even with good intentions. Mm -hmm. That's the point that I want to bring about. Even with good intentions, it turned into an emotional affair, right? And how did that come about? Mr. Jason, like you're the guy that, you know, you're the marriage guy. Nothing happens to you all. Yeah, whatever, right? (laughs) But however, how it got to that point was, number one, I became comfortable in our relationship. Mm -hmm. Comfortable to the point where I wasn't always standing on guard. And I, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, didn't follow the guidelines, the boundaries, that the we boundaries that we established, mm-hmm. which was if there's any one of the opposite sex that needs to be ministered to and or given advice, mm-hmm. it was a responsibility of us to have the other person of the same sex to share that them. with them. Mm-hmm. Right? I took it upon myself to think that I had it all together, <laughs> right? And sharing with this woman on how to handle things in her relationship. I talked about Angel and I's relationship. And it's like, the more I talked about our relationship to her, the more she became attractive to me. And there are situations to where... She became attracted where, to you or you became attractive to her? Well, there was an attraction, right, that took place amongst <laughs> both parties. And whether it was directly or indirectly, it was too much time being spent having inappropriate conversations that my wife was not privy to. Mm-hmm. So therefore, the final result was too much conversation, too much interaction, those types of things there. The final result which, was me finding out. Oh, man. When she found out, it, it could not have been, it would have not been a focused marriages. Right. Right. Um, but because we understood our purpose and the grace of God was upon my life through Angel, right? Her having <laughs> some grace and just kind of seeing the bigger picture it allowed us to continue and thinking on. about our family. Yeah, and thinking about our family. And it, all the other innocents of people attached to us. They, could, they would have been affected by it. Yeah, right? it caused me to not just think about how I was feeling internally, but to look at the bigger picture mm-hmm. and allow God to um, heal my heart and to um, rebuild the trust in our relationship because I was a person that would cut you off. You did something wrong with me. To, to me, I will cut you off. Mm-hmm. One time, one and done. That was me. And so I considered it a test that God was challenging me to see if I could pass this test. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And it wasn't easy, 
but I was able to do it. You know, you have to get you some good people around you. I had some good, good girlfriends that could pray for me when I couldn't pray for myself. I had a song and I had a scripture. And that's what I stood on to get me through when I didn't have good days. But even in her taking a stance that she took, I also had to take a stance in how I was operating even in my life. That one, making myself accountable to another man, right? Also two, being committed to not allowing the situation to ever happen again. And I became very adamant. And I was really almost like angry at myself. Like, how could I let this happen? And even to the point where I told her that I vowed, the same way I made a vow when we got married, I made a vow to her that I would never allow her to ever experience or feel that level of hurt in our relationship. And that I would do all the necessary things needed, again, filling the love bank, right? Building back up that trust that would allow her to feel secure in our relationship. And having a conversation with that individual, letting her know that, you know, okay, you've been exposed. Exactly, exposed. And this is it, and we're going to cut it off. And then Jason had to make some adjustments, like he said, on his end that were acceptable in our relationship to me for me to feel like I could move on. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, yeah, but this emotional affair, it's no joke, right? It's just as bad, and like we said before, or even worse than a romantic affair. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, here's another affair that we want to share with you all. And this you all, popular right now. This is, you all probably didn't even realize it, but when we share it, you can be like, oh, yeah, right? So this one is called a cyber affair, all right? A cyber affair. Now, a cyber affair is an online affair. Mm-hmm. It is one that occurs online, sliding into somebody's DM, DM. Mm-hmm. right? Without your mate or spouse knowing about it, mm-hmm. right? And having inappropriate conversations, mm-hmm. right? It also may be anonymous, but also, too, it is between individuals who may now who may know basic information about one another, like their names, but have never met, or with someone or the person that knows that they really know in real life. Mm-hmm. Now, quite often, a cyber affair has an emotional and or sexual component to it as well, mm-hmm. which is carried out via chat, a webcam, emails, text messages, or other forms of communication. Guys, do not be naive to the power of the web, to the power of social media, right? Be my, you all need to make sure that you create guidelines mm-hmm. as it relates to your social media access, right? If you're engaged right now, what does that look like, mm-hmm. right? Because when you're engaged, you're still kind of single. Right. So, hey, I, I, I do literally have a right to do what I want to do. But at the same time, you should have a respectful obligation of doing what's right in preparation and getting you guys to the place of marriage. Right. But then also, too, even in your marriage, right, for those of you who are married. But they still should be setting guidelines, in the engagement stage Absolutely. that will carry over into, into the when they get married. Absolutely. And then now I'm getting on the ones that's already married. Okay. Right? And so you guys, it's your responsibility to establish social media guidelines 
that would not allow for a cyber affair, mm-hmm. right? Now, if you all notice, okay, we're going to use ourselves as an example, okay? There is no Jason and Angel or separate Angel um, Facebook page. It's Angel Jason Scott or it's Focus Marriages. The only one, and she has access to it and it's linked to our Facebook page, is Instagram. To where we have a focused marriage Instagram page that we share. And then I have a separate Instagram, a newly created Instagram page as well. But it's still linked to our other social media outlets. So there's no hiding of anything. Everything is out there. It's exposed. It has an accountability aspect to it. And that's how we protect our relationship. Okay. But this cyber piece is something that you guys do not want to take lightly. Make sure it's that happening you're... more and more in relationships. Oh my goodness. This is the new matter of fact. This is the new era because when we first got married, this wasn't around. No. So this is new. But it's, it's prevalent. It's, it's it's like taking the place used to be um money and fi- uh, money and um communication. With, Sex, money, and communication used the, to be the three basic things that would cause a divorce. Yes. Now you got to add on there social, social media. Social media taking over. That is absolutely correct. Um, and then even just wrapping it up with the, um, the cyber affair, you have to realize that the partners involved in a cyber affair may never meet in person. But the emotional connection and sensual nature of the affair can strain the committed relationship one or by both participants that are participating. This is something to think about. All right? So now, as we continue on, right, we understand now how to affair-proof our relationship. All right? These are all things centered around just making sure that the love bank is, is full. Okay? And then, the, so the other thing that we want to focus on here is the priority of your relationship as it relates to how you operate on a day-to-day basis. Because in some relationships, the marriage relationship is not in its proper priority, mm-hmm. right? It is second, what is third, fourth, fifth, it's down the line. And if you don't make sure and take time to set your marriage in the right priority level, other things will supersede that, that will cause stress and strain on the relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you look at what is the proper priority of marriage within a relationship mm-hmm. and or in a marriage itself, it is this. It is God. And then right with God, it's like God slash me. Because if you're not complete and whole in the things of God, then you can't take care of the second priority, which is your marriage. So it's God slash you. Then number two is your marriage. Mm -hmm. Number three is your children, your job, your church, family, and friends. Right. Right. You got to make sure that you keep things in its right priority. And unfortunately, people's jobs, couples' children have taken more of priority than the marriage relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. And this can we can. Especially we'll, in entrepreneur world. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm trying to build my business, right? This is what's the most important. And then people use that as an excuse 
as to why it's such a high priority over the marriage? Well, I'm trying to make sure that we're financially set. And that's not it, guys. You want to be financially set? You want to make sure that you're wealthy in your household? Put your marriage first. Get in a place of agreement. Come in agreement. Allow God to get in on your every situation and he'll give you witty inventions and ideas of things that you can do financially that will set your relationship in the right space, Mm -hmm. in the right place. And that's not to say, like he said, God isn't first. God is first and foremost. And if you keep him first and foremost, like he said, he'll provide ways, several ways for you to be financially taken care of. Absolutely. Because he is the ultimate provider. Yeah, and, and your job... And even your business is a resource and a source. Mm -hmm. However, it is not the the source. source. Right. And that's the difference. God is the The source. source. And so if you're not putting God first and you're putting your job first, you're putting your education first, because some people think that the more education I get, Mm -hmm. um, the better off we're going to be, this, that, and the other, and the marriage relationship suffers. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Everything else is more important than the marriage relationship. And then you wonder why these cyber affairs take place. Right. You wonder why these romantic affairs take place. You wonder why these emotional affairs take place. It's because the priorities are not in, in order. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So the next thing that we want to get into here is y'all still with us. All right. I know everybody's thinking right now. Your brain wheels are turning like some aha moments are coming up. But this is good, though. This is good. Um, the next thing we want to talk about is really focusing in on filling the love bank. Okay. And so when we talk about filling the love bank, just think about it in the same example of your regular bank account. The more that you invest or the more that you deposit into your bank, the more money you have and the more that you can withdraw from. Yes. Right. It's the same thing in your relationship, whether you're engaged and or married. The more you deposit, the more that you can withdraw. Now, here's the great thing about making these deposits. The more deposits that you make and the longer those deposits are remaining in that account. Obviously, in the financial world, there's interest that kicks in, right? And so, therefore, the same way even in your relationship... The more always know this is that your harvest will always be greater than the seeds that you sow into your relationship. Got it? And I'll say that again. Your harvest will always be far greater than the seeds that you sow into your relationship and into one another. Okay? So now when we look at a fair proving your relationship. Right, a fair proof in your marriage has everything to do with the filling of the love bank of your marriage. Again, think of it as your own bank account. The more money you put in the bank, the more you have to deposit you can make from that account. On the flip side, when there are no and or little deposits made, there is little to draw from, and that's when frustration and conflict settles in. It's amazing how something how some things are not as big of a deal when there's a lot of money in the bank. Right. But when there's little money in the bank, oh, you let the smallest thing happen and it's like you have gone to town. Why this? You know we can't afford that. You got to add to this, that, and the other. But when you got a lot of money in the bank, 
You can kind of step, you know, footloose and fancy free. And the little things that may happen in your lives, it's okay. We are, we got the money to cover it. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in your relationship. Things are going to happen. Things are going to occur. But if and when they do, when that love bank is full, it really won't shake you that much. Because I know that she loves me. I know that he loves me. I know that we're in a good space right now. And this is just a little small thing. We'll handle this with no problem. And we'll get back to what we've been doing all along. Right. Right? Now, now that we understand, again, filling the love bank. We talked about the different affairs. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, let's get into the actual needs of a male and a female within a relationship. Okay. And the book and, you can um, you can purchase this book, the five most basic needs of a man and woman. It's called His Needs, Her Needs. And who's it by? It's by Willard F. Harley Jr. There you go. Yeah. Make sure you get that. You need to add that to your library. Yes. All right. Along with this information right here. Yes. But that's a really good book to have because, again, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, in that you know understanding the needs of your mate. You need to revisit these needs, I always say, at least twice a year. I say once a year. Right? And the reason that I say twice a year uh, is only because things change, right? You know, and things change throughout the course of a year. And as they change, you want to make sure that you understand what needs have changed with your spouse so that you can make the necessary adjustment to meet those needs. Mm-hmm. The worst thing to do when trying to meet the need of your spouse is you meeting a need that you think they have that they don't. Mm-hmm. And you meet, meeting it based upon Past what you experience. like. Exactly. Right? That, that's what they like. That's, that's the worst. <laughs> right? yeah. how, how often? Okay, I, maybe. Like, I like 7-Up, so since he didn't tell me what kind of soda to get him, I'm going to get him a 7-Up. And here you are, knowing that I'm thirsty. Knowing, knowing you don't even drink sodas. Exactly. <laughs> You go get me a seven up, and I'm like, "What is this?" Right. I, I don't even like seven up. Well, I thought since I like it, you might like it. That's you. <laughs> that's not me, right? And but that's a great example because that really happens. How often does that happen in your relationships? All right. Well, I know some of you all have the perfect relationship. Kudos to you. God bless you. But it won't last for long, as far as the perfectness, right? But your relationship will. But when you look at the differences, how often have we tried to? meet the need of our mates, our spouses, based upon what we like, Mm -hmm. based upon what we think they need. Mm -hmm. And we still don't get that appreciative response in return because that's not really what was needed by them because we didn't take the time to learn and study and understand what it is that they need and what the priority of those needs are. Right? right. So overall, there are 10 most basic needs. And what we're going to do right now is we're going to break them down into the five most basic needs of a woman and the five most basic needs of a man. All right. Right. And so what we need you to do, we need each of you to take out a piece of paper and for the for each person. So the female is going to write down the male's five most, most basic needs. You're going to number them according to what you think they are for your fiance, for your husband. For the male, you're going to write down the five most basic needs of the female. And you're going to number them based upon what you think they are for her. And then you guys, when we finish this session, y'all are going to talk about it. And y'all are going to get them in the correct order once you talk about it so that you can effectively meet those needs the way they're numbered 
and the way they really happen in their in their lives. Right. And then one thing I think you had missed this one too is you want to write down the numbers in the rankings, but but you think your spouse or your mate needs, but also too for your own for your own. That's right. You want to write down what you know is your number one, your number two through five as well. And then you guys can compare them, all right? Good catch. I got you, son. It's all good, right? All right, so let's talk about um, the five most basic needs of a man, all right? No particular order, right? You guys are going to rank them accordingly, you know, for yourselves. Just write write them down first. Well, write these down first. The first one is for five most basic needs of a man, sexual fulfillment, Recreational companionship An attractive spouse Domestic support And admiration And again, I know we can't talk right now You know, amongst each other But it's whatever you define these things as Right Okay And then That's also good too Yeah Because don't use Webster's definition, it's your definition. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So now let's go with the five most basic needs of a woman. Number one is affection. Number two is conversation. Number three is honesty and openness. Number four is financial support. And then lastly, but not least, number five is family commitment. All right. And if you have questions around this, by all means, feel free to email us. um, If you need, yeah, we can set up a session and kind of have this discussion around it. Um, But definitely make sure that you guys compare the priorities. Right, but also to define them. Mm-hmm. Right. So, for example, if a woman says affection is her number one, right, you as the husband, you as the fiance, it's your responsibility to ask the question of, okay, so what does affection look like to you? Mm-hmm. Because as the man, I may think that affection to Angel is buying her flowers, and she's like, well, that's cute, but no, <laughs> that's not it. Right? You'll say affection to you is what? Affection to me is helping me around the house. You see what I'm saying? That that shows that you love me. Exactly. On top of a hug every now and then because I'm not that affectionate like that. There you go. So so now check this out. I'm running around here buying flowers. (laughs) I'm buying cars. I'm buying all this other stuff and not really helping around the house. But I think I'm showing affection to my wife and I'm not. I think I'm doing the right thing. What are you talking about? I do give you affection. I buy you cards. I buy you flowers. You know what I'm saying? I even give you money to go shopping. But that's not affection. Those things are nice. Mm-hmm. But what truly is affection to her is, is helping around the house. Helping clean the kitchen. Helping keeping the bedroom clean. And some people may say that helping around the house is family commitment. But to me, family commitment is spending time as a family. There you go. Right. So this is why we're saying spend time asking questions and, and providing definitions. Exactly. Defining what each one of these mean. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, hey, look, we hope this has been a blessing to you all. Thank you for joining us during this session. 
but definitely take the time, do the work, put the work in, right? Have these conversations so that you can affair proof your relationship and that you can always, always continue filling the love bank. All right. Did you have anything else? Nope. All right. Hey, be blessed and we'll see you on the next session. And one thing, another thing we don't do is we don't pray on none of these.